Jamesy the Band. Find their music at jamesythebandbandcamp.com. to The Fool's Journey. Ooh, beautiful music. Shout out to my cousin, Cole Hen, singer-songwriter, with the band Jamesy. Shadows never last. Welcome to the broadcast. Time to take off the mask. You're listening to The Fool's Journey. I'm Charles, and today we're speaking with my father, a survivor who lives with Wilson's disease. Ooh. So what is Wilson's disease? Wilson's disease is when a person's body does not, um, what's it called, eject copper, which we all intake. There's copper in alcoholic beverages, there's copper in mushrooms, there seems to be minerals in many foods that we eat. And the normal individuals, well... That's easy. They just discard, their bodies discard of the copper. His didn't. And he has neurological damaging from it. This happened um, in his life during his worst lifestyle ever. He was truly gluttonous and kind of manic and insensitive, etc. He was incurring lots of debt, working late hours, gaining weight, drinking lots of alcohol, eating lots of fatty foods, red meat in particular, and his famous grease bread, which is bread fried in the grease left over by a pack of bacon that had just been fried in the frying pan. Grease bread, which he would eat with eggs and bacon. Yum. It was delicious, but he really had a lot of copper intake. And, and by the time my sister and I were ready to get married, he was exhibiting 
Parkinson's-like symptoms, as well as Alzheimer's-like symptoms, as well as manic symptoms and lack of empathy symptoms. It was, it was truly a dumbfounding experience to see your father all of a sudden decapit- uh, debilitated the way he was. And he suspected it was coming. He, uh, he, told, he had tremors, which is part of the disease, and he couldn't explain them. And he had already been through a plethora of, of tests when we were younger children. But by the time I was a young man, he told me secretly that, Charles, they're going to find out something's wrong with me, something rare, because they couldn't find it when I was sick before. And hopefully, by the time it gets worse, they'll know what to do. Luckily, my father um, was able to find a doctor in Michigan, which is about a four to six hour drive from where we live in Toronto, Ontario. And he gave my father zinc pills. The zinc pills um, bond with the copper. Copper and zinc bond easily. And then they create a new molecule, zinc-copper molecule, which my father's body can urinate out and discard of some of the copper that has caused all this neurological poisoning. My father's also on other medicines like anti-seizure and blood pressure, whatever. I don't know, to be honest, what he's on, but he said 22 pills. And now, in all his desperation and all the rock-bottomness of his life, he seems to have found out about the sciences and theories and the power of manifestation, the links between consciousness and the law of attraction in physics, the frequencies of matter, the frequencies of life, and how they relate to consciousness. Here is a discussion, and I have to apologize again for a sloppy recording. We are driving Unfortunately, some of the people, some of the characters in my life, some of the personalities, uh, more correctly, they move around and don't sit still. And if I want to talk to them and record it and capture it for you all, I have to go on the road. And guess what? I'm like them. I move around. I'm a character. I don't sit still. I'm full of adventure and energy and curiousness. But uh, soon, I'll get organized, and I'll get a, a patronage account and, and, and find other ways of increasing, you know, fan base, etc., etc. We'll grow this up. We'll get better microphones. Not a problem. Love you all. Enjoy the conversation. Peace and love. Hello, Dad. Hello, Charles. Hello, world. Is this a, a casual conversation? This is a or is casual... This being recorded, uh, recorded? This is being recorded. Oh, so I should have to wash my tongue then. Yes, you should. And <laughs> watch your tongue about what? <laughs> Just wash my tongue. Something to do. Something to do. Well, that's cute. Um, Dad, I'm rather distracted by the voices in your ear. That's my manifesting tapes. You're listening to tapes? Yep. What kind of tapes? Manifesting. Manifesting what? Positive thoughts. Positive thoughts? Yep. 
do you have you begun to analyze your thoughts? I don't want to be hard on you, but I want you to get to it. And uh, you need to analyze your thoughts. That's part of it. Do any of them teach that? Any of these books? No. Well, I I started uh, my first book uh, was an audio book because I can't read. Yeah. Well, I can read, but I fall asleep when I read, so I have a yeah. hard time holding the book. Yeah. So I would. Uh, my first audio tape was when uh, when Granny died. Yeah. I, I, it was a free book from Amazon. It's called uh, Secret of, uh, of uh, Law both Secret of Law the Law of Attraction. The Secret to the Law of Attraction. And that was fascinating because and then I got into um, Bruce Lipton, which is explained he's explained miracles scientifically. Okay. And your body is not a solid piece. It's, it's, about a billion different so, so basically you're just a force and you are a force of nature yes well, well which organized cells yes and what is that force uh, by your understanding today well it's an aura basically is, is it not your consciousness you, 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 well I, is it not the aura of your consciousness it's the frequency of consciousness. I don't. I don't. I can't label it that way. I just know it's a, a aura around you. You have a negative aura. You can feel it. Okay. You can project it. Yeah. And we. So and I. I don't know how to explain it. But basically, the realizations. If you go to work saying I'm going to have a lousy day, you will have a lousy day. That's the easiest. Yeah, but there's more subtle parts to it. Uh, I've discovered over the years because I, I discovered that a similar book by the uh, called The Law of Attraction may have been The Secrets to the Law of Attraction. Uh, was the author's name Michael something? Because my my author's name was that. They're, they're different, my book. they're different authors. They've all different variations of it. This is there's The Law of Attraction was written by he was the original original guy. And everybody's done di different things about it, but they've always carried it a step further. And if you, I first started with the, uh, I wanted to win the lottery, <laughs> so, and I knew in statistics it's, it's, it was statistic. When uh, you took a statistics course in uh, Ryerson, yeah, and it said if you believe, most winners believe they're going to win, and that just explains it because. It's, it's true, basically. And uh, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. But well, you're talking about the laws, but I, no. I just want... So but, well, but, you're talking about believing and thinking. So aren't you talking about consciousness, which affects the aura? Isn't that like the root of it all? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be like kind of the way you're already describing it? Could be. Yeah, I think it is. Um... I have a theory that came to me during meditation. Let's hear your theory, Charles. That the Big Bang would be the densification slash explosion of. Um, so basically, forget yeah. the Big ba forget the Big Bang. Okay. That's the end of the Con world. Isn't it? Yeah, no, that's the beginning of the existence, apparently, according to science. But well, so know, the world's cares. already begun. So how could it be that's the beginning? It's supposed to be the Big Bang of the universe. It's supposed to be this hypothetical situation that spawned everything. 
but I believe that Big Bang kind of sequential thing that whatever it was, whatever the sequence was, I, I believe it started with the focusness of consciousness. The focused, the focusing of consciousness. So you have this kind of frequency, it's a vibration. That's all you have in nothingness. And that vibrations kind of becomes aware of itself. And then it starts to wonder and learn and have knowledge and wisdom. These things are born. And then from there, it starts to focus. And once it focuses enough, it becomes a material. Um, that just came to me in consciousness, uh, in meditation. What do you think of that? It, basically, the words I heard were, Consciousness, when focus, densifies into matter. So what in real life does that relate to? Well, that would relate to the fact that our thoughts and emotions govern our physiological existence. Then I believe it. There you go. And it would it would be it would be a bridge between multiple theories in science. If they started to look at it between as as frequencies which densify and materialize, and where does that that uh, that force come from? Your conscious mind, your subconscious. Uh, uh, well, there uh, consciousness is a force, and where does it come from? That's a mystery. That would be like it's no longer a mystery. God. What, what do you mean? It's no longer a mystery. Where does it come from? Your subconscious. So you have control no, of your wait. whole life. When you say subconscious, that's not, you're already not, talking about consciousness. I'm blanket stating all types of consciousness as no, consciousness. No, but you can't blanket because you know when you drive to work? You're saying, okay, so for explanation and for, for more clarity, the consciousness of this conversation, I would call that consciousness yeah. objective consciousness. What you're doing, you're driving, you're driving automatically. What's subconscious. Your, yeah. So you have objective and subconscious, and you're, yeah, things like automatic rituals and automatic motions of the body and physiological systems like the autosyncratic system of the body, those are governed by your subconsciousness. Yes, but, but I'm talking about uber consciousness, the the top one. No, no, but the celestial consciousness. That's what densifies and becomes matter, and 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 in each. Being a tree, a rock, a me, a you, we all have a piece of that cosmic consciousness through whatever wave it came to us and densified into our physicality. So, how would you explain? Uh, and that's how we explain psychic phenomena. Okay, it's because we we all originate from the same cosmic consciousness, and then there's a few levels which are blended. They're not like borders with walls, they're blended levels like in water and puddles and waves and those frequencies come down through different types of consciousness and eventually get to the subconscious and then the objective conscious and e and by the time they get th that far they're so far away from source they're unique and individual because source basically spreads out like a you can imagine it as it spreads out from center to the the ever-expanding circumference of the circle. That would be a two-dimensional thought to explain it.
Well, I like to simplify it a little more if I could. Well, I like to I like to try to understand it with math and science, and that's where it's taking yeah, me. Yeah, but but it's taking me to those more ideas. Simpler to explain to the audience that your subconscious dictates your life. Well, that is simple. And it's not just your subconscious, it's it your is. conscious. It's both. No, they, 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 they oh, communicate oh. with one another. They feed into one another. Yes. But your subconscious runs 95% of your life. Okay. And, and that's why it's important to govern your consciousness because oh. it feeds your subconscious the thoughts it has. Right? Your, your actions and experiences and words and things you think out loud, think and say out loud, those are the things... That, but if you have something that formulate and structure you your have subconscious, something that uh, dictates your life ninety five percent of the time. How do you change that? Well, there's multiple techniques. There's yeah. hypnotism, un- unlimited techniques. Yes, yeah, meditation, hypnotism, self hypnosis, NLP, past life regression, regression therapy, and you know- energy healing, yoga, exercise, diet. There's all sorts of factors. Yeah, but you know that your subconscious, your brain, can do marvelous things. And of that's, course. That's, that, so your brain, with the antibodies, was, um, governing the antibodies of my body. Yes. Yeah. So, but you control that. If you subconsciously think you're, you you can get rid of cancer, you can, you physically can get rid of cancer. Yes, but it's not that simple. You've got to no, believe you, it in yes, the core. Yeah. And, and to do that, you have to deconstruct all your belief system yes. around cancer. Yes. And you could encounter things that are so far away from your objective conscious version thoughts of cancer. Like when you think about cancer, you're not thinking about the color of the roses in your neighbor's yard. But somehow, that has to do with the structure of how you believe about cancer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's just... that's a random bad example but the relationships can be obscure and distant and still block you from manifesting and that's what I want people to know it's not just simple like say a prayer wish me luck and go for the ride that it can it can be that simple if you're in a groove if you're in an emotional confident groove that's how star athletes do their thing that's how Michael Jordan did his thing he was I believe Michael Jordan and, and Wayne Gretzky and, and Muhammad Ali, they went into flow state. And flow state is kind of like action meets theta brainwaves. So when you're theta and, and you're subconscious, and it's a blend of it all. It's, it's really beautiful. Can you explain to the audience the different stages? Different stages of? Your brain. So there's delta, alpha, theta... I would need a reference to be exact and precise, but I know that there's four levels. Delta's when you're wide awake. Okay. And operational. Uh, beta's when you hit the downside, you come back from work. Okay, when you go into semi-automatic. Uh, uh, theta is the state where you're most, that's when you're in your In between sleep, you're just about yeah. to sleep. Yeah, and delta's when yeah. you're in dead sleep, you're in basically. You're in dreams, no, you're in yeah. deep, you're in deep you're in dreams. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Deep dream, I would call it. REM is talking but, about something else. But that else. doesn't take any doesn't take any information. Yes, it can. No, but you can tap into delta. What was the last one? Delta. No, delta is when you're deep sleep. You're dead sleep. You're not absorbing any information. You're just dreaming. 
I believe you, you could down. call someone from Delta to Theta if they're sleeping. Okay. I know of but a they have to be in Theta before. They Theta is the most. That's like when you're when you're when you're observing as a kid. I know of a technique to talk to people in their sleep and okay. get to their subconscious. Okay. You say their name. Oopsie. You say their name three times, and then you introduce yourself, and then you give them the most ethical thing you could say. That, that. But theta is the stage you're in, and from up until you're seven, you're just you absorb everything. So, when you're first born, to you're seven, you're in theta state. Yeah. yeah. But you're also in theta state when you're on your way to sleep, yeah. and you're also in theta state when you come out of sleep. Yeah. That's when I ha- I hear voices and subconscious thoughts. I actually have. In the last month, I've had a subconscious thought about my wife twice. Once this morning, and once the other day. This morning, her soul actually spoke to mine. Um, and that would only be possible if everything was frequency and governed by frequency, and therefore blended waves, etc., etc. So her subliminal thoughts encounter my subliminal thoughts on some wavelength dimension. What do you think of that idea? Well, I believe it. I mean, I know my sister's in Vancouver, uh, Nova Scotia, and I knew there had to be some reason why everything that went in our suite was going wrong. Yeah, I believe she honestly thought I was... You were the problem? Yes. And if she thought that, then it came true. There was a problem, right? And and uh, when you're siblings, the strength is even closer because you know when Auntie because you have genetic yeah and cultural similarities. I don't know what it is. It's mystical, but uh, you know, twins uh, or triplets when they're born doesn't matter. They think alike. Remember those separated triplets? That was a famous story. They were. Brought up by three different uh, families. families, yeah, and they they talk the same, they they look the same. You know, it's interesting. Imagine how those people felt when they met one another. Well, they must have felt like they found home, yeah. some sort of version of themselves. Um, yeah. In another po- other, in yeah. another podcast, uh, your nephew, my cousin Colin, had uh, twins as best friends, and they would sleep talk a conversation to each other. Yeah. That's freaky. That's mystical. But there's nothing mystical about it because if you if you realize that your body sends out force fields, I mean, your body actually is, is not solid. It's a collection. You know, you burn, you lose a billion cells a, a, a minute, and they're replaced. Yeah, it's a fluid event. Our body. I, that's why they call it a human. Being, it's not a human thing. It's a human being. It's being something. It's it's in action. So our bodies are all in action. All our cells. Bruce but. Lipton, who's the biologist, that uh, he actually started uh, epigenetics. It wasn't. It was no name for it before. Okay. But he was a rebel, and he, he started. What does epigenetics mean? Epi- I'm not clear. Ep- epigenetics is a now is a different. course that uh, class. It's a neurological recognized course you take and it's basically the 
the how environment affects stem cells. So you could have a stem cell put in a different uh, uh, surrounding, or they put in a different petri dish, and you get different. Uh, you can get a cartilage one, you get a, a brain cell in one, or nerve in another. You, so that stem cell can be changed to different parts. Okay, here's. I want to get freaky now. Okay, okay. Let's get freaky. No, no circles. No circles, but we're still gonna get a little freaky. My father's referring to a podcast where uh, Stefan Shampoo and, and I. Shampoo, uh, shampoo, shampoo, shampoo. Um, <laughs> we were discussing eggs and sun, and I guess I ended the conversation of talking about circles. You could replay it. I don't know what I said, but he thought it was idiotic. No, I didn't. Oh, what did you think it was then? <laughs> it was twisted. I, I knew you were. I knew you were stoned, basically. Oh, you know, yeah, much less. Oh. Not a conversation you would normally. Yeah. All right. Okay, so listen to that podcast. You know what I'm talking about. Here's a couple. Here's a couple thought experiments or ideas to play with and ponder over time. Because eventually you'll come to different realizations, revisiting the same experiment or idea. And it's threefold, okay? So, what are some ways you can easily, any, most humans can easily do to manifest consciousness? Easiest? I mean, you move your body, apart from moving your, your body, like, well, involving moving your body. Moving your body is manifestation of consciousness because you think it, you do it, Right? That's consciousness. Um, but what are some other ways? Can you think Repetition, of Repetition? So you play uh, tapes in your sleep? No, you're talking about entering theta state. I mean, no, I'm, what are some easy, common things that we all do? We even do them, all of us. Can you think of some? Like moving your body around. That's breathing. something. Breathing, moving, right? What about... The fact that consciousness, because I have a structure that's written in the Bible that I believe the science can one day prove. If we start studying that consciousness goes through different frequency formats and then materializes, I think the two formats of frequency before we get matter are sound first and light second, and then you can have matter. Light travels faster. Sound and light. Yeah, but sound is something different. Sound can create light. This is why I think mathematically the sound frequency would be closer in line to consciousness and and light would be further. It may be be vice versa or they may be side by side coming out at us from the source. But but, But sound and light are the beginning frequencies of manifestation from consciousness to think. So what do we do? We, we, we can write down or draw our ideas. We can create it. But you have to conscious to write that down. No, but I'm, yeah, I'm saying what's the next level? You, you take consciousness mm-hmm. and you manifest it. But you so, can't manifest while you're conscious because it's your subconscious. It's got to be into your subconscious. So in all order consciousness. To okay, wait. You keep you keep getting confused no, about not, what I mean by consciousness. Okay. I mean source consciousness. Okay. 
subconsciousness and objective consciousness come later. Okay. So all consciousness is consciousness. I don't care what level. Okay. All right. But even objective consciousness, if you're saying it comes from the subconscious, which I'm saying comes from the source consciousness, it doesn't matter. Consciousness can easily be manifested with things like speaking a word, singing a song, playing an instrument, um, moving the body, stretching the body, holding postures, uh, writing your ideas down, drawing them down. Um, most of the arts actually express emotion and, and there's a mystical saying that says uh, poetry, music and, and visual art are the language of the angels yeah. and they're the language of the subconscious aren't they? all of those things are subconscious driven things the more tapped into subconscious that you are the more brilliant and genius you and your peers will will feel you are because you're tapping into subconscious. Like like musicians, a lot of them write their songs in five minutes. It's all subconscious stuff that just pours out of them. Or an artist uh, that or a sculptor is a better example that uh, I think it was Michelangelo said that he let the stone or the marble dictate to him what it became what the sculpture was at the end I call that artsy people as opposed but arts this no it's subconscious no but yes it's, it it's is it's theta they go into theta state and and so what I'm saying is those kind of things shed a lot of light for the curious mind who ponders them over and over again and looks at all logic through like compares it to those ideas You'll start to discover all kinds of things about yourself in the but universe. Sometimes somebody's art who's uh, is artsy is not very logical. That's fine. Everybody has their limitations and yes. their and their and their gifts. I'm I'm just I'm not saying that's the only way. I'm just trying to say that we all already manifest things. So last night Here's what we're doing. I'll tell you the funny story, but first I'll tell you what we're doing. Last night we went to a workshop on how to create sigils. So what? Okay, what, what sigil. Do what, you know what a sigil is? No. I'll explain. A sigil is a magical mm, drawing symbol which you create from an idea that you want to create. So basically, I'll break it down to what the technique is and you'll understand a little bit more. The fact that it's you a, said it's a manifestation tool. The, the, the fact that you said magical makes it sound it's not real. When I say magical, I'm referring to the magic cultures of, of uh, medieval Europe, which are the alchemists and the magicians, okay. who were the first scientists of our societies, as well as the Magi of Persia, who were their predecessors in mathematics, astronomy, astrology, biology, etc. The ones who said the world was flat. No, the ones that the no magi were something different. Okay. Right. I just think you heard. Um. So the so it's not about. The, <laughs> I don't believe the world is flat. That's <laughs> just some people believe that, and and who knows? I mean, I believe we're being lied to. So 
maybe I'm just too conditioned to even consider that idea, which is truthful. I don't know. I don't. I'm not concerned with whether the world's round or flat. No, but that honest. was the old days, 16th century. The, the world was until Christopher Columbus. The world was flat. Well, I'm talking about ma- magic is actually this, like the Victorian age. You know that Queen Victoria had two magicians working for her full time, and they created a Nokian magic, which is a technique to tap into your subconscious. Yeah. And so, their names were um, Edward Kelly, and uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank. He's the famous one. The story. I'll forget their names. John, somebody. Um, John D. and Edward Kelly. Um, so the story, where did the story start then? No <laughs> magic. This getting into subconscious. You went to a oh, let's, let's okay sigils sigils. That's what I'm talking about. So it's just a science that comes from other cultures. Yeah, older than our modern day culture, and it's used today by more mystical new age people, but it's also used by some serious people too. And it's definitely used by the marketing world. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what a sigil is, is you take an idea or something you would like to manifest. So in this practice, we chose a verb. He tried to mix, he, he, this guy was a little bit abstract and a little bit very intelligent, which made his, like there's, there was a reason why he did this, but he told us to take a noun that is that can be verbalized. So I chose shovel yes. because a shovel's a noun, but you could shovel something, right? Yes. So then we did a meditation exercise, yep. and uh, well, for, also we did some vowel intonation. So we we attuned ourselves with ourselves with three levels of different consciousness. With the sounds oh ah oh and uh, and we did this exercise with a group of people in a room doing like just our own wave of whatever of those three sounds we felt we needed after he explained what they all kind of meant and how to feel them and uh, and then we chose this verb and then he said to visualize the verb and my mind is very good at abstract thinking because I do practice that. And so I visualized uh, a shovel popping out, uh, popping out rapid fire, little pellets of dirt. And then he said, "It's okay if what you imagine of your verb changes." And then it turned into the center of a circle, spouting out different particles. All right. Then we go back to the letters, and, and you're supposed to take out all the vowels and all the repeated consonants. And whatever you're left over with, those letters, you make a design out of. And while I'm doing it, I'm playing with the letter S, and you know how it kind of goes like the letter 8, or the number 8 as well? So it's very circular, and if you can connect it... Then he says, don't be afraid to make the letters, or you can even try to intentionally make the letters not look like letters anymore. You know they're letters. When you look at them... You see that they're letters, but maybe someone else may not notice the letter that's there. So just play with your subconscious. So it's a, it's actually an art art exercise as well, and a language exercise, and this manifestation. Because what you end up with is a symbol and a process that taps you into this theta state and and kind of gets in gets you into a modality 
of what you want to manifest. And then the practice is to take that sigil, put it somewhere where you're going to see every day, and then forget about it. Throw away, rip it, burn it, whatever. And that's the magical practice that is prescribed by certain cultures, right? There's different variations of it. And there's also different rules for what letters you're supposed to uh, drop and blah, blah, blah. But marketing uses sigils geniusly. The marketing industry uses sigils geniusly. Uh, and they have also studied it scientifically so that they know what colors invoke what emotions in us and blah, blah, blah. It's called subliminal. Yes. And so the more you know about that science, the better you can create your own sigils. And the art of making sigils, as well as candle burning, have been uh, two very good successful practices for me. Things I've been successful at, actually. Candle burning, would you like candle burning? Candle burning deals with color consciousness and light. It's like a sim sigil, but let's say you want more abundance in your life. Well, the color of abundance is green. So you buy a green candle, there's your sacrifice. Means sick. Sacrifice is Latin, has the Latin origins of sacred doing. So when you're manifesting, you have to visualize, then you have to make a statement. And then you have to let go. Yeah. And that's what the candle is. So when you're lighting the candle, you're thinking to yourself, I believe in abundance. And when you walk past the candle while it's burning, you're reminded that you believe in abundance. Or whatever energy you're assigning. So sometimes it's money, sometimes it's fertility. How do you get that I believe in abundance? You create that. That's a mantra, understanding... But with candles, I like them because they're just color bases. So you have... Well, that's one method. Like, green can be money, abundance, fertility, growth, um, health. Green can be those five things that are off the top of my head. So I have a very abstract range that I can deal with when I look at a green candle and light it. So because it's so loose base, I find a lot of success with lighting a green candle. Anytime I'm waiting for a check, yeah. it's taking too long. I let, or or if I'm slow at work and my company's not getting any calls for contracts, every time I light a green candle, within a week I'm busy and well paid. And and it's just because it's so simple. You know what I mean? If I have problems with I my, think you're supposed to mention your my techniques. No, the my it, company. You, no, it's like if you mention it, it's supposed to be like you're trying too hard. No, well, what could happen? Okay, it's like uh, yeah. So if you're, you're yeah, true, that's that's true. But I'm mentioning it long after the fact, okay. and I'm just sharing with people just to give them examples of what they're capable of, what we're all capable of. But maybe you should tell people that there is value to secret because by letting your information out, you let it out to scrutiny by yourself and others, yeah. which can weaken your resolve in your in your beliefs because beliefs are arbitrary and once they change that's what you manifest um just like that so with the law of attraction you've got to grab the opportunity when it arrives basically and you have to be ready for action yes yeah and there's an opportunity popping up every two seconds basically I mean it's it's, it, it's like the matrix uh, well, 
I think also with the law of attraction, when you believe in opportunities and when you believe you're ready for opportunities, they just present themselves to you rapid fire. But your fire. thing is, you should always be ready. And there's never, yeah, there's never. Uh, if you don't try something, you never do anything wrong. If you don't make mistakes, you haven't tried. I mean, a person who never makes a mistake never succeeds. So before Donald Trump started running for president, yeah. And uh, I'm married to a Mexican woman, everybody. And uh, before he started, like, saying bad shit and nasty shit about Mexico and the wall and all his plethora of controversial politics, when he was just a businessman saying you're fired to people, I was a fan of him. I, I saw him as a bit of a glutton, a bit of an eagle maniac or ma- maniac, uh, whatever he, kind of complexes he had. I also saw him as genius. And in his earlier books about business, deal, uh, Art of the Deal, etc., he states that there's more lost by indecision than the wrong decision. As a statistic, as a rule, you'll lose more by inaction than you will by the wrong action. Yeah. And uh, look, I mean, maybe he's not a genius. Maybe he's just regurgitating great knowledge. But well, basically, that's true. You have to surround yourself by successful people and then you I mean that's the first one if you hang around with uh, people who are uh, docile don't want no doers then you'll you've, you've, you, have, you have to surround yourself with good mentors and obviously if and you, good students like I'm in my company I have to pick good students so that I can surround them but also so that we can elevate each other. If I have a bad student, it slows my own personal elevation and the company's elevation. If I have a good student and I'm good, then we grow together. Yeah. That's basically the student becomes the teacher. That kind of thing. What do you think about manifesting into other people's lives? Now, now we're going with like voodoo and witchcraft and and well, casting spells yeah, and hexes. Was, there was cases where the witch doctors in Africa yeah. cast, cast this, uh, somebody would steal something. Yeah. And he say, for that, you will lose your right arm. And then the brain would shut off the blood circulation. And and that, that guy's arm would drop off. But I here's what I have to say about that. I know of other examples where the where the um, patient, let's call it, the person that is affected, is operated on psychically, magically, whatever, from a distance without their own knowledge. Yeah. I've heard of both positive and negative versions of that, like distant healing, so someone that can visualize another person and heal them psychically, um, which That's is... a little more difficult, but uh, uh, it's uh, this... This if you're one, tapping into the same frequency of consciousness and you're able to transmit, just like a, a Wi-Fi signal is able to transmit around the world, do you know what I mean? Like, once you tap into the center, you can go back out to wherever you need to go. Um, and since we're all united through the frequencies, it's plausible, at least, by the understandings physics has with frequencies. But the... Um, well, let's get down to more local faith healers. Okay. A person who can't walk, 
Victor puts his hand on his head and the guy quants. But then you're talking about the placebo effect. Yeah. I think there's more effects but other that, than the placebo, which are governed by consciousness. So you can put a hex on someone and they won't even know and they yeah. get sick. Yes. Have you ever done but, that to anybody? No. Have you? Yes. <laughs> Have we? Yes. See, that's that's. But that I've accidentally put curses no, no, on people. That and I've accidentally blessed people and purposely blessed yeah, people. But, but once, it, once you do hex, do somebody evil, to some do somebody harm, that'll happen to you threefold back. Oh, well, of course. You do once you do it to someone, you're actually doing it to yourself during yeah. the, under the laws of yoga and unity, right? Like, what goes around comes around because everything is one. Yeah. So why would you do something? <laughs> um, sometimes, so, okay. Well, I also believe that morals and ethics are also arbitrary, as beliefs are, and therefore, um, where I go to for my moral and ethical compass is truth and virtue, and the development of virtue. And sometimes, well, there's also two ways of looking at. War and There's peace. There's no two ways of looking at doing harm to somebody. No, no, no. Violence is violence is wrong. No, but the, no, I'm not saying harm. But doing a hex, doing somebody, uh, causing somebody to break up a marriage or, or get injured is harm. So whatever you yes. hex that fellow or person, then that you're doing it to yourself. There's there's uh, there's another kind of. Uh, the two ways I was going to say is about war and peace. And peace is stagnation, inaction. And war is motion. So if that's the case, then you only we only grow and learn through war. And that's not to say let's all war and worship. No, that's, I, I pray for peace. But it's a different kind of understanding. It's much looser definition of war and peace and and it's saying that you know even though you may have a struggle that struggle well actually there's another philosophy that believes that every struggle we have is those are our most important lessons and when we ignore them that's when we re-manifest our own struggles um so if someone's entering a struggle that that I'm playfully uh, saying that I accidentally caused. It's probably they were in control of that manifestation more so than I was. I just tap. I, I do believe that a lot of times I tap into even as a young, like as a young child and stuff like that. I tapped into a lot of theta thinking. I was uh, very imaginative and creative and. And possibly slightly connected to some consciousness dimensions, you know? And maybe I wasn't actually cursing someone. I was just thinking... I was just awakened to the fact that, oh, this person's acting this way. And they're, you know, running the motor red. Red line in the motor. And it's got to overheat. And if it doesn't overheat soon... It may overheat in a way that explodes the whole motor. But if it overheats soon, 
it might be better if it just like stops the motor down, shuts it down, regroups, and gets the oil change or something. That's. Do you understand what I'm trying to say by that? Nope. <laughs> no. No. <Okay>. So. <laughs> well, sometimes people need to struggle to yes. advance. Yes. Sometimes you need to break the nose to fix it. So. And that's not to say that hey, let's all just use violence arbitrarily. Well, no, you can't figure something it's out. Very serious. Sometimes you have to walk away. Yeah. And your subconscious mind figures it out. You come back with an answer. Um. And and, uh, and I even have practices of healing people and uh, positive thought waves and stuff like that that I practice daily. So, let's but I'm saying that it's possible to. I'm just saying, like, it's not just placebo effect. My whole example was not based on ethics. Okay. It was based on the placebo effect. Effect is not all there is. So you don't think your low blood count was because of the, some uh, curse you put on somebody? Or a curse I put on myself. I actually believe I put it on myself. Okay. You want to hear the onset of that was actually a... It's kind of like a dream state. I have a lot of non-intoxicated psychedelic experiences okay so we had a ice storm in in uh, Ontario or the greater Toronto area um, three years ago we had a very big ice storm and knocked out power to thousands of homes and buildings and um, it knocked down trees and I went outside because I have a small farm and went to go look at all the trees and one thing that was very sim- symbolic, if you look at ancient symbolism, was my neighbor has a row of cedars, and they were all bent in half, not snapped, bent over, rounded and bent in half with the weight of the ice, to the east. The cedars of Lebanon were bent to the east, uh, is the symbolism there of my subconscious. And then there was all this magical glistening on the trees and they were all bowing to the east because the wind was coming that way and all the ice was freezing that way. And uh, and I had, I was during a phase where I had come to some sort of a plateau with my um, meditations and visualizations and contemplations, etc. and my understandings. I was getting to this... I was getting to a high level of, non- execu- of execution of manifestation. Non-chemical. Non-chemical. And, but I was still having problems and I knew deep down inside that I was at nowhere close to the summit that I kind of felt like I was. Like I, I recognized that I was cocky, that I was celebrating and blissful at the onset of all this discovery and knowledge and, and, uh, actualization. And I said to myself, you know, this is without a struggle this ain't gonna, I ain't gonna grow to what I want to become. I, I, I have it in me to really achieve a lot of growth and enlightenment in this lifetime. And if I don't do it, that would be a shame. And I felt that there was this symbolic force in nature that was taking down, taking out the electricity lines and cutting trees in half and making them all bow and fucking up doors and roads and creating ice quakes in the ground. 
and I spoke to this nature and the subconscious level because it was late at night. I was ready to fall asleep, but I had to go outside and make sure no big branches were going to fall on my house and kill somebody in my house or fall on my neighbor's cars or something. So as I'm out doing this, I have all these kind of like symbolic moments and then I start to just ponder and meditate out in this mystical, it was a new moon. Uh, no, it was a full moon. Everything, the, the moonlight was glistening everywhere. It was very majestic. And I basically said to the forces of nature and to my God, my consciousness, bring it on. I'm ready for any suffering you have. And, and right then, I had, I don't know how many, but it was like very surreal and a whole, I had a meditative theta psychedelic moment where I had flashes of all the things I believed could go wrong in my life and all my fears and how they would affect me and what I could learn from them. And so flashes like, you want to learn jujitsu, but you can't. Because of your blood disorder, because I my blood disorder was really low, and and then I somehow knew that I was gonna ha- that 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 force of nature that I just prayed to and called on, bring it on, basically is what I did. Um, I actually had that manifest. I had I became really really ill for the last time. Steroids weren't gonna do anything. I had to have my spleen removed in an emergency surgery. Uh, which was planned over a few months, but it was still urgent surgery, emergency urgent. And, uh, and, and then from that, I was able to do jujitsu again, because now I, I, I won't die of a blood clot and, or internal bleeding from a punch. Whereas I was living with a condition I could. Um, my marriage, we got into a plateau, but there were still so many things we needed to dig deeper in in our relationship and I kind of I had a vision of of getting nearly divorced I had a vision of a child dying dad I had a vision of one of my children dying and and this is all in the next five seconds diesel the next five seconds wait I'm going to tell you after I said bring it to the forces of nature I had this flash of visions right and one of the visions was a child died, and I said to the vision in that flash, I'm like, no, I can't handle that. That would be so disastrous. I wouldn't be able to learn all the things I need to learn. It would just swallow me. And then my own consciousness repeated, a child like a dog, a pet. And then I said, oh, well, that will be devastating as well, but not as devastating. And I almost had both. We lost a dog that was hit by a, a car. And we, uh, my daughter got into a dirt bike accident. All in the three-year period. So, like, I don't know. It was just interesting. It was, it was a weird moment. You would call I would. I look at it more on the mystical side of things. Like it was a, an initiation of my soul from my soul. Um, but... The, the important information there is that my subconscious, I tapped into it, and it blew out a whole bunch of scenarios that actually happened in like a five-second period. It just blew out all these fucking scenarios at me. And I was it was all my fears. And they all manifested all at once. And the good news is, through living through the worst of my own fears, 
or pretty much the worst of my own fears. I now don't have those fears anymore. Or I've shed many of those fears. Interesting experimenting. You did it straight. I did it straight. So can we talk about chemicals? Okay. Let's talk about chemicals. So medically more uh, uh, semi-illegal drugs whether okay. it's le- prescribed or legal mm-hmm. chemicals induced in your brain good or bad chemicals induced in your brain yeah well chemicals taken by your that go you mean substances that affect your brain yes you're talking more about psychedelics, no, are you? No, I'm talking about... Anything. Yeah. Any effect on your brain? Yeah. Any effect on your brain? Um, well, I don't know where you... I, I kind of sense well, where you're going with this. No, but no, but... No, okay, so I, I had a colostomy, and they put me under. Okay. I gave the doctor shit. Because anything, anything you do with your brain, you could die. I mean, you could never come out of an anesthetic. Anesthetics actually is the biggest killer around. Really? I didn't know that stat, but I have heard things about anesthetics and allergic reactions, etc. Um, okay, so outside chemicals into the brain are bad. But I do believe there are some chemicals that have been used by humanity as tools that... Look at it, Dad. If you want to use your subconscious alone... Yeah. To manifest something, well, you can. But if It'll you use, your, but if you use your subconscious to choose to use a tool that speeds up the process but gives you a little less results, then you're still using your subconscious, aren't you? And and so, a clean body and brain is the best. Yeah. And there are so many traditions, the most serious traditions say that you should keep your brain and mind clean. Yes. However, there are some more on the shamanistic side that say fuck that. Most people aren't ever going to enter the abyss of their own subconscious without a little help. It's a shortcut. And or at least get at least get to there with the drugs so that it, you know it's there and you could want to get to there without the drugs. You know what I mean? A motive, a motivator. And I'm not saying because ethically, I don't give a shit either way. I just want people to understand what we are, and that's frequency, I being, consciousness, think, magic. You know that the body powerful. Is, the body's is the perfect medical instrument, and your antibodies will correct any illness you have. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't take. You know, I use marijuana. I use it as a meditation, I use it as a ritual, I use it as an incense, yeah. I use it as a medication. But apart from that, I don't even take allergy pills, I don't take Tylenol, I don't take uh, opiates for pain, I don't take any other drug. And my other drugs are alcohol and sugar and caffeine. And I would place those three as more alarming and more harmful to my body as the marijuana. Okay. That's how, that's how I that's how I list them all. But and I would probably list it as alcohol is the worst, then sugar, 
And then I'd probably put caffeine. Maybe caffeine would be lower than marijuana or the same. Maybe it's not above. Anyways, I love you, Dad. Love you, Charles. Good luck manifesting your own health. We haven't talked about your health. No. You have Wilson's disease. I take 22 pills a day. You take 22 pills a day? Would you like to get off of them? Yes, and I will. So you have to deconstruct everything you believe yeah. around those pills. So I, yeah, because what happened when I got sick? I got this. I had to have them because I wouldn't live without them. Mm-hmm. And I'm slowly healing. And I at least heard the there's a doctor that uh, that doctor somebody goes around. Uh, he's what's his name? Doctor he's Mike Del Santos. Oh, yeah, I don't remember his name. But he's he wants to um, he's doing healing clinics, uh-huh. and he wants to go to Sick Kids Hospital and heal all the people there. Uh-huh. We have a group of them. Yeah. So it's a force they use. Yeah. It's a technique, and I'm interested in that because. Well, I'm part of Amwork, which is Rosicrucians, and we're all gathering from around the world for our convention. Yeah. And we basically pray for world peace and harmony. Yeah. Like good environment, good emotions, less suffering, all those kind of things, light and love and light. Um, And we do it in a room of thousands of people. Yeah. And when you're in that and you're also entering your own meditative state and you're in a room and you're also in... We also intone vowel sounds together, so there's a little bit of a chant, and there's a gong before every session and stuff. So you actually get tuned in on vib- on so many vibrational frequencies that um, a lot of manifestation and uh, and uh, intuition and prophetic intuitions become possible. Um, more like you start to report things, you start to experience things under those conditions more so than outside. When you just hang around with two or three other mystics or manifestors, I just know that I've experienced the the manifestation. Because how have you experienced it? Because well, uh, you know when the I know about the laws of manifestation. I've always said, and then start, and so I learned. I started learning twenty years ago yeah. about this. My sister Michelle started listen, learning about this about ten years ago, and now you're starting. But her and me used to always say. You did this naturally. A lot of this, a lot of these techniques. You just believed in yourself with a yeah, that, blatant confidence. Yes, and made crazy shit happen before our eyes many times over. And uh, I knew, I, I knew that's how simple it is. Yes, I mean, if you believe, I mean, and you have to. That's in your gut. You know, something's gonna. You just have the feel. It's a gut feel you have. Yeah. And I know that uh, when I got sick the first time, I, I got in nineteen eighty. Uh, I had arthritis and I was bedridden and I knew I wouldn't last long because I got sick so quickly. So I just truly believed it. And I think that I could have laid in bed forever. Yeah. So also things that guide you into truly believing something like that could be also other emotional states. Like if you have money problems or if you have well, stress problems. Is, yeah. Stress is the biggest killer. Because stress will start to start to restructure your thought patterns in a negative way yeah so stress can make your favorite color your worst favorite color and i mean stress is such a harmful uh uh, factor because it it it, your antibodies attack stress 
So when they when they do an organ transplant, the first set of new organs were rejected because the antibodies would take care take it away. So what they do now is they inject it with stress hormone or and stress cells into and that antibody that ties up the antibodies that antibodies attack the stress. That's why you get sick with stress. Well, you know what else happens with stress is when you're. Suffering anxiety or fear, your brain releases acid that's similar to battery acid. Yeah. So you end up starting to kill yourself on some My form. My dad got too. an ulcer. Then. Yeah, ulcers, another example, yeah. stomach acid too. Um, here's another little factoid I read one, one time ago, a long time ago, is people with even just one negative parent yeah. were... 80 to 90%, whatever it was, more likely to develop terminal illness in their life. Yeah. People with two negative parents were basically doomed to developing terminal illness yeah. in their lives. And I always wondered what constitutes negative parents, but then I said, I know what constitutes negative parents. Someone that's always putting you down, someone that's always worried, teaching someone you to be... Someone you're ugly, you yeah, yeah, someone that tells you... Uh, uh, you're not tall enough to play basketball, which is what mom told me when I wanted to join basketball and sports camp. I was about to say, you're, and you, you never experienced that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, I definitely <laughs> did experience negative parenting. Uh, I know you guys did your best. Anyhow, I guess that little guitar strum from your phone pocket is a signal to close this off. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you, Charles. Love you, Dad. So that was my father. I know him as Dad. Um, his name is Julian. I don't know if we even introduced him as such. One thing I'd like to uh, say about Julian Bacchus is that after he had the Parkinson's symptoms, um, when they got really bad, what he had realized, having to live with them, is that Things like steps or obstacles allowed him some sort of mental gateway into recovering his full capabilities of a stepping motion versus him sliding his feet along the ground as if they were stuck to it. So because he loves sports his whole life, what he ended up doing was training and climbing the stairwell seven stories every day of his apartment building. This later escalated, literally, because then he started um, climbing the CN Tower in Toronto, which is the tallest freestanding building in the world. And it's something like 144 to 160 flights of steps, and he does it in about an hour. Uh, his best time was like 47 minutes. His worst time was an hour and a half. And... Um, he manifesting things like climbing the CN Tower. Uh, also, uh, the charity that does that is the World Wildlife Federation, but they actually are a really good charity, and they don't just save wildlife. They create wheelchair accessibility, which my father had problems with in his building. And now, somehow, my father's manifested that they have sliding doors, and he doesn't have to awkwardly take his scooter in, doorway and doorway and bump around. Um, I mean, he doesn't just 
use meditation, but he does use repetition. Um, he will nag people until they do what he wants. Uh, one example of this was he got a five-minute newsreel on global television, which is um, network television here in Ontario. Um, and after his news story, story about him being disabled and climbing the CN Tower, whereas an ex-Toronto mayor came to his apartment with a news broadcaster, anchor woman, and camera crew, and they uh, filmed him walking up the stairwell of his apartment and, and interviewed him on his couch. And after that, uh, it inspired about 5,000 new climbers that year. Uh, this past year uh, is the second, is the third year after that newsreel. Uh, last year, my father was on the radio. Uh, this year, there was no news coverage. I think my father did get some news coverage somehow. He's a he's a shady character. I think he forged my signature in order to get news news coverage on a photo that I was in. But that would be okay with me, no problem. Um, this year, there was some interesting happening that happened. We get a kind of VIP section because if you um, raise over $2,000, then your team uh, gets to uh, bypass a lot of lineup. And uh, they're called Platinum Pandas. We were a Platinum Panda team, and there was another Platinum Panda team that all wore Sikh style turbans of a fluorescent orange color. So I called them the fluorescent orange turban or the orange turban crew. I didn't know what their name was. But these guys, I was after trying to climb my best time, which was 21 minutes. And this time I actually, I was in my best health. I, th I thought surely I would get about 19 minutes. I could shave two minutes off easily, two, three minutes. But no, I actually gained a minute and a half. I was two minutes and thirty seconds, uh, twenty-two minutes and thirty seconds to the top, and that was because of the orange turban team leapfrogging me and blocking me and elbowing me in the two-man stairwell in a concrete tower. I later learned that the Sikh religion has a lot of adversary and warriorness. Well, this became more interesting as later I found out. When I complained to my father and relatives about the team that basically made it a lot harder for me to just fly up the stairwell, it ruined my timing, in my opinion, and were quite a nuisance and had very poor tower climbing etiquette. Well, when I complained, my father reported that, actually it was my sister that reported there was an old orange turban team member who was doing the same thing with my father at around the same pace as my father. And my father also added about 15 minutes to his time. But the nice thing was that that old man with the, with the orange turban, which had a team of about 30 members in it, they, he went to my father at the end of the climb when they were at the top of the tower. And he held my father by the hands and said, it's all because of you. And then he grabbed my father by the head and kissed him on his bald, sweaty head. Isn't that fascinating? Maybe they celebrate adversity. Maybe that team was inspired by the news stories they saw years prior. I don't know. 
I'll leave it with you to think upon. Always curious, the fool's journey out. Special thanks to Jamesy the Band, jamesytheband.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening to The Fool's Journey.